Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me for another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. I have an amazing guest with me today. You guys have to bear with my lighting. I might have a light bulb burnout, so I used a small replacement bulb at the last minute, so I added the tree as a little bit of flair. But anyway, um, I have Dr. Sam Osmajidich with me today. And he is a researcher. He specializes in research of the uh, Central and South American pyramids and the Bosnian pyramids, which we're going to get into today. And we see you here with these Bosnian pyramids. Some of the things they do are amazing as far as like our energy body and, and what they can um, do as far as restoring the, the body to the natural state. And we're also going to talk about the serpent mounds in Ohio and, the, and all the, the natural and historic mounds and pyramids throughout the earth and who might have possibly built them you know was it an ancient civilization before us that knew much more about technology in a different way than we do and and that's what i'm ex excited to talk to my guests about and let me read you about his bio um dr sam osmanich has a phd in mind civilization discoverer and principal investigator of the bosnian periods of prehistorical tunnels author of 18 books translated in 17 languages, man of the year in Bosnia, Herzegovina. He's a scientist, author, researcher, and businessman. And his website is, uh, I mean, I have that written here somewhere. Um, do you want, do you want to tell them your website? I, I had, I thought I had it somewhere, but, and, and I know the books, the books by Sam, right? Yes. Uh, books by Dr. Sam.com books by Dr. Sam.com. Uh, about 10 or 12 of my books can be read there. And yes, you are right. What I deal with are the pyramids and the ancient civilizations. You see, Robert, they they've been programming us to think about the pyramids, Egypt and Mexico, and Egyptian pyramids being tombs for the pharaohs. And that's completely wrong. First of all, the pyramids are not built only in Egypt and Mexico, but on all six continents. We have pyramids in Australia, Gimpy Pyramid, two hours to the north from Brisbane on East Coast. In Asia, we have 250 Chinese pyramids in the central province of Shanxi. 20 biggest ones are older than 12,000 years. We have pyramids in uh, Cambodia, beautiful seven-tier Kohker pyramid. And of course, uh, a lot of pyramidal temples in Angkor Wat in Cambodia. We have a pyramid called Gunung Padang in Western Java in Indonesia, which is over 24,000 years old. Pyramids in Africa, of course, Egyptian pyramids, but not only the three magnificent pyramids at the Giza Plateau, there are 155 pyramids on Egyptian soil. Wow. When you read, read non-scientific sites like Wikipedia, they claim there are 118. Well, I have personally researched 155 and described them in my books. There are 224 Nubian pyramids in northern Sudan. There are seven pyramids on the island of Mauritius in the heart of the Indian Ocean. On the other side of Africa, there are 104 pyramids on Canary Islands, most of them on Tenerife. Pyramids in South America, 300 of them at least in Peru, Acapella Pyramid Complex in Bolivia. You mentioned Central America. Indeed, my PhD is about the Mayan pyramids. There are more than 100,000 pyramids in Central American countries of Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and Belize. And even on the US soil, in southwestern corner of the state of Illinois, 120 Cahokia pyramids. They call them Cahokia mounds. Mound is when you use soil to build something. But here we have construction materials, sandstone blocks, pebbles, rocks, sand, and the shape 
of the step pyramids. In Europe, three pyramids in Palencia, in Spain, five pyramid complexes in Italy, on Sicily and Sardinia, number of pyramids, 16 pyramids on ancient Greek territory, before ancient Greek civilizations, and of course, Bosnian pyramids. So the conclusion, the world of the past was the world of pyramids. However, majority of them cannot be seen. Why? In Central America, 97% of them are located in the jungles, in the forests, covered by soil and vegetation. The same scenario in China or in Bosnia. The second thing they teach us wrong is the purpose of pyramids. They are telling us that great Egyptian pyramids were tombs for the pharaohs. However, not a single mummy was retrieved from the pyramids. I, I know, yeah. they're, they're in the Valley of the Kings, right? Exactly. Those mummies, they were buried in the Valley of Kings, which is almost 200 miles to the south from the Giza Plateau. The only preserved mummy was that one of the King Tut or King Tutankhamun. And that, was, that one was discovered in the Valley of Kings. So no mummy of the pharaoh Hufu or Cheops in the Great Pyramid of Egypt, no mummy of pharaoh Catherine, on pharaoh Mycenaean, on pharaoh Ramesses, on, you know, on other pharaohs. So in 21st century, we really need to apply science to get scientific answers. Who, when, how, and why? That, that that makes me think and and here's here's the, the big question why pyramids i mean obviously it's for energy right and and to, maybe electricity in the past and energy is that why they use the pyramid structure well during our scientific project in bosnia the bosnian pyramids we were the first one in the scientific world in the world of archaeology that opened the project not only for the classical sciences like Egyptology, archaeology, geology, biology, but also high-tech scientific disciplines, geothermal, satellite, georadar, and other disciplines. And we've been inviting experts in energy phenomena, physicists, electrical engineers, sound engineers, telecommunication engineers, plus medical doctors. Why? Only with such interdisciplinary scientific approach, you can figure out what was the real purpose of pyramids. In Egypt, you have archaeologists only. You don't see engineers or physicists. The same thing in Peru, Mexico, or China. But in Bosnia, we have all these energy experts who come with the scientific instruments and they can measure. For example, they bring oscilloscope. It measures electromagnetic fields. In our case, we measured this field at the base of the pyramid and at the top. At the top, the energy is 50, 50, 50 times stronger, meaning the pyramid acts as the energy amplifier. Now, we realize that in the case of Bosnia, that the pyramids have been located on the top of the energy points, you know, energy strong places. For ley example, lines? ley lines too. No, no, ley line, ley lines also. There are about uh, twelve different elements that can be measured. I mentioned some of them briefly. First of all, below the biggest pyramid in Bosnia, which I named and discovered back in 2005, the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. We have huge iron plate. Iron generates electromagnetic field. And the pyramid has the ability to pull this energy up, amplify it. Below the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, about 65 below, we have underground water flow. When water moves, 
it releases the negative ions. The pyramid amplifies the concent concentration of negative ions. How do we know that? Because we have measured it. We use air ion counter. The manufacturer is Alpha Lab from the US and it shows the concentration of negative ions, which by the way, are very beneficial to human health. The next thing, the uh, 160 feet below the Bosnian period of the sun, there is a second water flow. Between the two, we have a charge, electricity. Again, the pyramid pulls this electricity. It goes to the very top of the pyramid in the form of the energy beam which has a frequency of 28 kilohertz. It is about 13 feet at the top in width. It expands to about 65 feet, going back to 13 feet, 65, 13. So it is continuous because we measure it during all seasons, summer, spring, and winter, and fall, and it is focused. It is oriented towards the sun. In the morning, it's moved a little bit to the east. At the noontime, south, afternoon, southwest, evening, west. Now, this phenomenon in science is called Tesla's scalar waves. Tesla is, of course, the brilliant mind called Nikola Tesla, who back in 1899, in his lab in Colorado Springs, was investigating subtle forms of energy, soft energies. And those scalar waves, he realized that they move quicker than the speed of light. In the last 50 years, the Russian physicists, they've been researching the scalar waves. So we are the first one ever who actually measured the existence of this phenomenon on the top of one of the pyramids. Now, you mentioned the ley lines. What are the ley lines? This is the phenomenon which has been explored a lot in UK, especially Southern England. These are the straight lines. In most cases, they run east-west and north-south. They are just three, four feet below the ground and their origin coming from the cosmic waves. But these are uh, very strong energy waves. And uh, we realize that, especially in England, a lot of churches are standing on the top of the ley lines. Those churches were built on the top of uh, destroyed temples. And those temples were built on the top of much older pagan temples meaning that the people in the past and the later on realized that when you place your sacred object on the top of the ley lines, it also gives the energy. What type of energy? Now, imagine the big church with the dome. Energy coming from underground, reflecting and coming back to the audience. So your message is becoming very strong thanks to this energy. For example, you know, if you are the priest there, you are saying from now on, instead of 10%, you're gonna be giving me 20% of your income to the church. So, <laughs> we realize, yeah, so we realize that those ancient structures had been connected to the energy. And the beauty of what we do in Bosnia is that everything is measurable. If you can measure it, then you can scientifically prove it. So what has been proved since 2005, when I first came to central Bosnian town of Visoko to visit the local museum. But what really caught my attention was this, everybody called it hill, because it was covered by you know, pine trees and the bushes and the soil. I could see the perfect geometry of the pyramid four triangular faces, you know. I could see that uh, the slope is the same from bottom to the top. Four sides, corners, 
I took compass and compass showed me that those sides perfectly matched the cardinal points, east, west, north, south. And by then I had been visiting so many pyramids around the world and I knew that orientation and geometry are the first two elements to detect something as a pyramid. So what we have concluded in the last 16 years, number one, we have a complex of six pyramids in central Bosnia, which I named the Bosnian pyramids of the sun, moon, dragon, earth, love, and the sixth pyramid. There is also a tumulus complex with a conical artificial hills, and there is a huge network of prehistorical underground tunnels. This network of tunnels goes for about 60 miles. And so far, we have discovered six entrances to those underground tunnels. So it's a huge construction complex, much bigger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt and Giza pyramids. And that's our second conclusion. The Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, with its height of more than 220 meters or 750 feet, is much bigger than the Great Pyramid of Egypt, which has been considered for the longest time the biggest ancient structure, 147 meters uh, or 450 feet. So the biggest pyramids, the first pyramids in Europe, the best orientation to the north. You see, the Great Pyramid of Egypt has the error from the perfect cosmic north of zero degrees and three minutes. The Kafre, the second largest in Egypt, zero degrees, three minutes. Mycerin, zero degrees, 18 minutes. Bent Pyramid in Dakshur, zero degrees, 12 minutes. A red Pyramid, zero degrees, five minutes. But the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, zero degrees, zero minutes, and only 12 seconds. The most precise orientation on the planet. The next element, when we started removing the soil from the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun, five feet below, we discovered construction materials. We discovered blocks, rectangular or square blocks. We discovered four rows of blocks. We've analyzed this material at seven institutes for materials in Italy, France, Czech Republic, Slovakia, and Bosnia, they all confirm that this was an artificial concrete, and this would be my cat. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the best quality ancient concrete, which is known under the name geopolymer concrete or synthetic concrete. The next element that we produced through our research is the age of the pyramid in Bosnia. You know how they teach us in schools that the oldest civilizations are Sumerians, about 7,000 years, and then the second oldest, the Babylon, 5,000, Akkad, Assyria, Hittite, ancient Egypt, ancient India, ancient China, about 5,000. Well, between the layers of concrete, we discovered fossilized leaves. So obviously while those ancient builders were pouring the concrete blocks, the first row, the second row, the third row, the wind was blowing, bringing those leaves, they placed the final row of concrete, but those leaves are organic material. You can date it. So we sent it to the radiocarbon lab in Kiev, Ukraine, and we got the date back of 29,200 years, plus minus 400 years. So now imagine this, we go back for 30,000 years, the oldest pyramids on the planet. And then we have this most extensive prehistorical network of tunnels. Everything we touch in the case of Bosnian pyramids changes the way we view the human history forever. So we need to change all our history books from Little Bosnia, 
France, UK, US, and elsewhere. And of course, that was the reason why so many obstacles from the cultural establishment we had to face. Archaeologists, geologists, historians, museum curators, they were all against us because now it's a huge change. PhDs that they got are not good anymore. Professorships, the way they teach our kids is not good. So now, obviously, we are not the only advanced civilization in the planetary history. There are more advanced civilizations. So instead of our history being evolution, we are talking about the cycle after cycle after cycle. Do you think these have been now, cataclysms? Cataclysms? Oh, what is geologically confirmed, the last such catastrophic event was around 12,000 years back. Somebody saying 11,700, somebody saying there are like two uh, events, 11,500, 13,000, but I would say it's around 12,000 years uh, ago. So we, we know that at that time, uh, a huge floods were present, that the volcanic eruptions and earthquakes were on unimaginable scale. You know how the stories about the biblical flood? Well, it seems that that was a real event that destroyed civilizations of the time. So we had to start from the beginning after the flood. Now, before this uh, event, we had another one 18,500 years back and another one 34,000 years ago, and another one 55,000 and 75,000 years ago. So in last 100,000 years, we had at least five catastrophes. That would wipe off 99% of humans. And then those who would survive, who would go in underground tunnels or natural caves on the top of the mountains, when they would get out, they would need to start from the beginning. So that was about the age. Very exciting. But then the major question is, what was the purpose of pyramids? And like I mentioned, a number of scientists from different disciplines were bringing their instruments to measure. I, men I mentioned energy beam, electrical in nature, going to the top of the pyramid, I mentioned electromagnetism. We also have another phenomenon called the ultrasound. What we can hear is called sound. And we hear from 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. Anything above 20 kilohertz is called ultrasound. We cannot hear that, but we can measure it. So you see, we, I mentioned electromagnetic field in and around the pyramid. And we are discovering during our archaeological excavation a lot of quartz crystal. We know when the electromagnetism hits the quartz crystal through the piezoelectrical effect, we got this energy transformed to the ultrasound. And that's the reason why we measure the presence of ultrasound, same frequency of 28 kilohertz. Why is this? Frequency significant because this is the frequency of levitation. When you are present with this frequency around you, you feel light. Wow. The ancients knew, the ancients knew how to achieve this particular frequency. And then the next thing in the tunnels, we notice when people get inside they feel very good. They breathe better than the outside. People who have some health issues, for example, high blood pressure, you go inside, you have 180 over 120, very high. You got outside after one hour, it's normalized 120 over 80. People with the high sugar in the blood, high glucose in the blood, if they have 12, they got back, 5.5, normal level. People with all kinds of pains, pains are gone. 
people with a very serious diseases, tumors and some others, we can see if they come for a week or for 10 days, they visit the tunnels twice a day, one hour each, that they can have revolutionary health improvement. So our conclusion was that the pyramid energy was most probably used to protect what is the most precious in our life, and that would be our health. With that energy beam going through the top, traveling much quicker than the speed of light, a logical conclusion would be that uh, pyramid energy was also used as the communication device. The next thing, in those tunnels exposed to the pyramid energies, we are finding waters, we are finding small lakes. We've analyzed and compared, let's call it the pyramid water, with our regular water. Our city water, no viruses and bacteria, but because we treat it with the chlorine, and the chlorine is a poison. In our city water, for some reason, they add fluorides. Fluorides are poisons. 60 years ago, they were used exclusively as the poison for rats. Number three, in our city water, we have traces of heavy metals, which is logical because when we catch the water somewhere in the mountains, we have those metal pipes. Water goes through pipes, it melts the metal. This is what we drink. And then finally, when they bring the water to our homes, it goes through plastic pipes and the water melts, you know, the small uh, pieces of plastics. So what we drink, is energetically dead water. And we are, Robert, what we drink. So imagine if you drink energetically dead water, tap water, or even bottled water. Nothing better there. Or when we drink water which has not been treated, like in our case, the water that's been exposed to very high concentration of beneficial negative ions, to best frequency of electromagnetism, to best frequency of the levitation ultrasound frequency, and one more frequency, which is called the Schumann resonance. That's frequency of 7.83 Hertz. So these are the energies that we can measure in our tunnels, and they affect the pyramid water in the best possible way. Plus, when you enter the tunnels, there are no uh, bad and harmful radiations. Number one, you and I and humanity live on the surface of the planet. And if we believe that our planet is a sphere, not flat Earth. If it is sphere, it means that a lot of radiations are coming our way. Some of them are harmful. They attack our body. Our body cells fight those enemies. In the tunnels in Bosnia, no harmful cosmic radiations. Number two, natural radioactivity coming from underground. We go regularly to our tunnels using Geiger-Miller counter. This is an instrument that measures radioactivity. The values in the tunnels are three to five times less than the minimum allowed. So no radioactivity, no enemies for our body cells. The next one, underground water flows. So this is also like geopathogenic uh, uh, harmful radiations. In the tunnels, it is absent. Number four, our cell phones. In Bosnia, it is still 3G and Ukraine. In most European countries, 4G. In some of them, 5G. In the US, 5G. In Australia, 5G. South Korea, 5G. Now, this is, this is the frequency of the radio waves. 3G is 2.4 gigahertz. 4G, 5G, 6 giga, 29, 38, 60. Tomorrow, 6G will be 300 gigahertz. 
our microwaves operate at radio waves. And the, and the, the microwaves, of course, they cause the cancer. So every time we talk on the cell phone, bringing it close to our ear, it starts burning our brain cells. You know, when you talk for 10 minutes, then you can see, you can feel that your ear is warm, your hand is warm. What's happening? It's burning our brain cells. Every time we spoke for, let's say, 10 minutes, 100,000 brain cells are dead. Now, our brain consists of 6 billion brain cells, so 100,000 does not look much. But if you talk three, four times today, it's a half a million. Another half a million tomorrow, and in three days, you have tens of millions. Without those brain cells, what's happening in our brain? We process information slower. We are becoming less intelligent. I don't want to use expression like we are becoming dumb or stupid, but that's probably the real uh, uh, result of what we are doing to ourselves with our technology. But why I mentioned the, this uh, 3G, 4G, 5G, I mentioned it because there is no signal for the cell phone in the Bosnian pyramid tunnels. There is no signal for the Wi-Fi. So nothing out of all this bad electromagnetism and all this harmful radiation that we are exposed daily, 24 hours a day, is not present in those tunnels. Without the enemies, our body cells can start doing their job. What is their job? To fix the problems in our body, to start the regeneration process. You see the beauty? When you apply interdisciplinary scientific you know, uh, research. In Egypt, you have archaeologists, and archaeologists are trained to look for the pieces of ceramics and primitive tools. How they can explain the purpose of Great Pyramid of Egypt? No way. But we can. We lead the way. The next interesting thing, you know, we purchased a special instrument from our friend, Professor Konstantin Korotko from Russia. He's from University of St. Petersburg. He's a brilliant scientist. He made this instrument called BioVell. And he combined the Eastern traditions, Eastern meaning India, Tibet, China, that view human body not only as a physical body, but also as the energetical body, energy body with the energy flows, with the bioenergy field around the body, you know, colloquial called auric field, with the chakras, seven chakras. Well, we have measured 4,200 people in the last five years before they were entering the tunnels and after coming back. So we could compare. For example, bioenergy field, auric field, was uh, improved in more than 90% of the cases, 90, 9-0. Chakras, instead of being you know, unbalanced, they were coming to balance and they would open up. When our chakras are open, these are like energy intersection in our body, energy flows much better through our body, affecting, among other things, you know, the bloodstream. If our blood streams better coming to all parts of our body, we are healthier. Everything is interconnected. And then we measure the stress level before the tunnels and after the tunnels. The stress level in 90% of the cases is reduced, lower level. We measure energy in the cells, which is used to fight diseases before and after. Again, much better results after visiting the tunnels. So now we realize that pyramid energy simply improves anything and everything. We even did experiment with the seeds of beans. The bean season in Bosnia is from May until September. So we took different samples, put them in different bags. One bag we kept at home. That was our control group. You always have to have control group. 
And then one bag we placed in the tunnels and one bag on the top of the Bosnian Pyramid of the Sun. After 14 days, we were looking what's happening as far as the germanization process. There's the process when those seeds, when they start growing. 60% of the control group seeds started growing, 60%. So not every seed would start growing. And we know that from the real life. If you buy the seeds for vegetables, for fruits, for flowers, not every seed will start growing, 60%. But the seeds from the tunnels and from the pyramid, 100%. Wow. And then, and then we planted them. We have a beautiful park nearby. We planted them and we were checking them from May until September. The pyramid seeds or pyramid plants now, they would grow two or even three times quicker, richer, healthier. So the pyramid energy affects the food affects the water, affects our health, affects the atmosphere around us, affects an immunity, the key word for today, immunity, affects our blood, affects even the social relationships. So I would think that during the original time and the pyramids were built tens of thousands of years back, our planet was much stronger and healthier. For example, ozone layer was five times thicker. So no UV from the sun and so on. So when you amplify very, very strong beneficial energies, you are getting much, much wider influence of the pyramid energy in the wider area. Today, it's different. Our planet is weaker and this energy is weaker. It can be measured but it does not affect surrounding areas like before. And how do we know that it affects people and our social organization? Our friend, uh, Dr. Alexander Golod from Russia, he built 16 pyramids. And the biggest pyramid near Moscow, what he did, he placed uh, bags with the salt, kitchen salt, for one month. Then he went to the nearby prison and he signed a contract that the five tons of salt will be used by the local prisoners. And they will be using it, you know, during the breakfast and lunch and dinner. Three months later, he went to the prison. He spoke to those, you know, department chiefs and he asked them if they noticed any changes in the behavior of the prisoners and they all confirmed that it was like they were having brand new prisoners no violence whatsoever the level of violence was reduced to zero percent now imagine you have a prison six thousand prisoners there you know they always play with the you know knives and the guns they kill each other they you know threaten each other and every prison is the same in, you know, Bolivia, U.S. or Russia or whatever. Yeah. So that was a proof that pyramid energy through the food affect our body and our behavior. So look at the world that we live in. Violence everywhere. Wars, hunger, greediness, and so on. Now imagine the world with the pyramid energy. We would have peaceful communities, friendship, love. So the concept of the pyramid energy and the concept of our energy today, our energy for last 300 years, coal, thermal power plant, dirty industry, oil and gas, limited resources, dirty industries, in a very wide range from exploration, transportation, refineries, petrochemical, pharmaceutical, plastics, car industry, additives for food. It all comes from the, you know, um, oil. 
Then, what we have, nuclear energy, from Chernobyl to Fukushima. Both of them are still radiating, and they are sending millions of liters of water with radiation in, uh, in Japan, for example, to the Pacific Ocean. And this energy that we have, not only that it is dirty, it contaminates our planet and our lives, but it is also limited and very expensive, allowing 0.0001% of humanity or about 2,500 billionaires to have more than 90% of the planetary resources. It's everything based on the energy and this concept of energy. Imagine another concept, the pyramid energy, which is clean, unlimited, and free. Once the pyramid complexes are built, you don't spend money no more. And you have improved water and food and health, and you can use it for different purposes. So I would say uh, that we still have a lot to learn from the ancients. I, I, I agree that I think the, the ancients had a, a different kind of technology, a better kind of technology, but I would also agree that, you know, I talk about conspiracies a lot, and I don't think it's a conspiracy that whoever's in control of this world, they don't want us to have cleaner energy. They don't want us to have free energy. Because I talk about UFOs a lot on my podcast, and we talk about the theories that, you know, possibly aliens went and visited Eisenhower, and they said, we'll give you free energy, we'll give you free this and that, and they didn't take it. And, you know, that's a conspiracy going around that, that happened. And I don't know if it ever did, but, you know, I know one thing from the UFO community that they, they look at, you know, the same thing you said, the nuclear weapons weapons is a bad thing you know they say that the ufos came and they told us to get rid of our nuclear weapons stupid that doesn't take a ufo to come and tell someone that like a normal human can say uh you know this is like children fighting with each other like you know who who developed this and and why and i think again it goes back to the controllers of our society because they they want to stay in power and they want us to be like cattle but they want to control us too it's very weird it's very, you know, and they have to have ways to control us. And they do that with fluoride in the water and, you know, just all, all the stuff you talked about, right? You know, if we had a clean, unlimited and free energy, no Exxon, no Chevron, no BP, no Rockefellers, no Lemons, no Rothschilds, no elites. Yeah. It's a different social organization. Now, besides the pyramid energy, we have a source of the energy which is really unlimited and clean. And that is the energy coming from our sun. Unfortunately, 99.9% of the sun energy has been wasted for a very long time. And when the big corporations started using the solar power plants, what they did, they are if they don't see an interest to make a profit, they won't invest there. Well, they started with those solar panels, which are actually very expensive. It takes seven to 10 years to get back your investment. So really, they do everything to demotivate people to go after you know, the clean and the unlimited and free energy. And we had some brilliant minds, like Nikola Tesla was one of them, 120 years ago, who had certain inventions and who was able to provide us with the free energy, but the big interests didn't want that, the big you know, uh, corporations. Even today, you have a lot of people with their innovations, but those patents, they are purchased, they put them, you know, somewhere in the desk and they don't get them out because that's not how the capitalism works. It works only if there is a profit there. there yeah. a profit, it usually means it is not good for the majority. Like but fossil, I think... Like fossil fuels yeah. in general, they're just horrible all, all around, right? Exactly. exactly. But, you know, 
it doesn't mean that uh, we shouldn't be dreaming about the better world. There is a hope for humanity because we know that we deserve more. Right now, what we do to ourselves, what we do to our society, to our cities, to most of the population is horrible. You know, you have such a small minority having basically everything. Plus, they control, they manipulate, and this cat is coming again. Come on, sit back. <laughs> uh, instead, you know, we have people in Africa, in Southern Asia, in some Latin American countries, people die from hunger. Every three seconds, one child dies of hunger around the planet. We have people who die even though they have curable diseases. So it's just about the distribution of uh, you know, all the resources. We could live in a much better world. And for example, you mentioned UFO. Imagine that there is a UFO above our heads looking for last you know, six, 7,000 years what's been happening on the planet. We have had 15,000 wars. 15,000 wars, meaning wow. at any given time on the planet, there is a war going on. Right now, there are wars, you know, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, you know, some other countries. So what kind of civilizations we are? We think that we are, you know, very intelligent, that we are, you know, technologically very advanced, that, that we are the most beautiful. Well, guess what? We are not. Yeah. We are simply on such a primitive level, even though, we have some rather sophisticated technology, but if we want to, jo to join some hypothetical, you know, federation of civilizations, so high the civilizations that are spiritual and so on, there is still long way for us to go. The ideas of the billionaires like Elon Musk and the others, you know, they want to conquer Mars, they want to go to other planets, to other star systems, or with the time to other galaxies. Does it make sense that some people, you know, leave this planet because there are too many people or the resources have been, you know, used, used up and so on? It doesn't make sense. First, you have to learn how to live on your planet in harmony with the nature and harmony with other people. Once you show that you are worthy, Probably then, and only then, we will be given the chance to expand elsewhere. So in the meantime, we can be considered like the virus, which you cannot control, or like the cancer cells that they, you know, multiply in uncontrollable way. We have to learn how to live in harmony first. Yeah, and and I think if we learn how to live in harmony, that that will make our bodies live a lot more in harmony. You know, I mean, even though it's great to come to places like the Bosnian pyramids and get healing, but if we could all just find a way to live in harmony, we could, you know, like it's like people go on the Stone Circles tours too. Did you hear about that? Like I I I, I heard listened to Michael Tellinger talk, and he said people go to the Stone Circles and they get healing as well. Like there's just certain places around the planet that are built for like natural healing, and and I think it's amazing. Like um, I love I love history and all and talking about that. So I wanted to ask you this because you did uh, your uh, you, you've done extensive research on history. What do you think the Sumerian story with the Anunnaki, you know, they talk about the Anunnaki and they say they got everything they know from the Anunnaki. But then the weird things about the Sumerians is they had an extensive Sumerian kings list where some of the kings lived for thousands of years. Like, do you believe this? And what, what are your thoughts on this? Okay, two questions. You mentioned Stone Circles and Michael Tellinger. Michael Tellinger is a very good friend of mine. And we have been doing tools together. We would get people, you know, from different countries to South Africa, Zimbabwe, and Swaziland. And the last such a tour was in February of 2020, just before the, you know, corona outbreak. 
Uh, I know those stone circles very well. There are thousands of them. And probably I was the guy who has done the most extensive scientific measurements of those stone circles. So there was a huge effort to make them. No practical purpose from our standpoint of view. It looks like somebody was playing with millions of tons of stones in especially Southern African countries, Mozambique and South Africa and uh, Zimbabwe, Namibia and some others. So it is really rather big mystery so far. Who did it? Because the mainstream science think that uh, Black Africa was not really populated until the most recent times. The second thing about the Sumerians, Anunnakis and the King List. You know, when I think about the most important uh, artifacts discovered in the world, I would say that the Sumerian king list is probably number one. Of course, I've traveled extensively everywhere, all continents, more than 100 countries. But why I'm saying this one is most important, because you have, you know, carved in the stone the names of all Sumerian rulers. And the first rulers are from 273,600 years ago. So we go back for almost 300,000 years. We're talking about the rulers, about the kings. We're not talking about the primitive Neanderthal society living in the caves. So the first rulers who would rule you know, Sumerian cities from 273,000 before present until approximately 34,000 years back, they would rule in average 30,000 years. For example, Alajar, 36,000 years, or 28,800 years, or 32,000 years. So it was basically just a handful, five, six rulers from 300,000 years ago until 34,000 years back. And then something happened. What I suspect would happen 34,000 years back, there were huge solar flames that would burn the surface of the planet. And those guys, either they knew that it was coming and they left the planet, or they simply were destroyed. The Anunnaki, you mean? You mean, you didn't think it was the Anunnaki? You think that... Well, Anunnaki, uh, there's the idea that there is another planet, somebody saying 10th planet, somebody saying 12th planet, depending on our criteria for the planets in the solar system. <laughs> so they are saying that there was a, there was a planet that comes to our solar system every 3,500 years, and then they have very wide orbit, and they, on this orbit, they go back to another solar system coming back here and so on, and there are advanced civilizations that live on this planet, and this civilization starting depleting our resources, and number one, gold and some others, which they use uh, to protect their planet. So there is a you know, very interesting story. And I would say that the Sitchin's story that he described in five books that I read from him has a lot of sense, I must say that. But going back to the rulers, well, now um, I'd like to rely on uh, science, on uh, artifacts, on what's, you know, what can be verified. On the Sumerian king list, we have the second phase of rulers. The second phase were rulers who were called the lesser gods. The first phase were gods. Gods with a small g, not god with a capital G, but the gods. And so the first phase, it was said that they descended from the kingdom of heaven to the kingdom of earth. Now, the second phase, the lesser gods, they would rule Sumer, 
for 1,000 years each in average, 1,000 years. So, you know, in some of our holy books, like Bible, you know, there is a mention that people were living 1,000 years, 970 years, 650 years. So this is the second phase. The third phase, which was, you know, after the biblical flood, 12,000 years back, until 7,000 years back, there were rulers who would rule Sumerian cities for a few hundred years. And finally, we have children of God. The known Sumerian rulers, and they were for sure humans, because they would rule five years, or 20 years, or 40 years. So now four phases on this tone, on this teller, with the names and dates card. What the official or mainstream science does, they take just that that is convenient for them. So they took the last phase, phase number four, with the known rulers, and they're saying, this is the real history, everything you know, besides that, they are just myths and legends. I disagree because there is another document found in ancient Egypt called Turin King List, which can be seen in Turin, Italy, Northern Italy. They have a big Egyptian museum there. It's a papyrus, which is about 16 feet long. And it has the names of Egyptian rulers. Three phases. The first phase from 42,500 years ago. Again, the same scenario. Wow. Gods, gods descended from the kingdom of heaven to kingdom of earth. And they would rule Egypt 1,000 years each. And this period matches the same period in ancient Sumeria. And then the second phase was the phase of demi gods or semi gods. Each one would rule 200, 300 years. And the third phase are the sons of gods. Today we use the term pharaohs, but pharaohs is rather recent terminology coming from the ancient Greek times. The pharaohs or kings, they call themselves sons of gods. And among them are the, you know, pharaohs like <coughs> fourth dynasty, you know, Cheops, Catherine, Mycenaean, or King Menem from the first dynasty, or Ramesses the second, Ramesses the first, second, third, fourth, until Ramesses the twelfth from the 19th dynasty. They all call themselves sons of gods. So now we can see that there are some historical evidence telling us that the humanity or at least advanced civilizations are much longer present than what they teach us in schools. And that's why the history is so exciting. Then you have open mind. Yeah, and, and here's something interesting. I, a couple of things I wanted to go over with you and I'll get your response to each one because I have a lot to talk about. There's certain Sumerian tablets that match up to the king's list, like, like the Code of Hammurabi, Atrahasis, and there's one other one about the the founding of the city of Eridu, and they, they don't match up to the, but they, the certain things in them you can pick out in like the roar, and that'll match up to the Sumerian king's list. Like the, the roar of Eridu will actually match up the, on that tablet, will match up to the Sumerian king's tablet. Another thing I wanted to show you was I have this book, which is uh, the Chaldean account of the Deluge. Uh, it's by uh, George Smith, who translated before Zachariah Sitchin, which is pretty interesting. Like, um, and then, um, uh, the, the third thing I wanted to talk about is these sons of gods, like which is I think a really interesting uh, uh, subject. Because do you think that by the time Alexander got there, Alexander the Great, that this these god kings were dying off, and that we don't know what the lineage was in Greece? You know that could go have go back to gods and god kings too. But they say Alexander was born the son of a god, but 
you don't know. It's it's kind of iffy. It's kind of mythological. You know, it depends on what you really want to believe. But he went to Babylon when Babylon was much more historical than Greece. You know, at least, or that maybe that it seemed like it at least, or maybe they maybe they had been around much longer. And 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 I would say they were around much longer because they had the God Kings. So I'm wondering if that was more of like when Alexander went into Babylon, was that more of the primitive man at, like overcoming the God King? Or do you think Alexander might have been a God King? Now, when it comes to the age and the sources of Sumerian kingdoms, besides the Sumerian king list, we had the clay tablets, 40,000 of them. 40,000, and they would describe different aspects of the life. Some of those aspects are amazing. They're talking about the surgeries, politics, economy. You mentioned Hammurabi's law, but Hammurabi's law is about 5,000 years, so it's not hundreds of thousands. It talks about also about the distances between our solar system and the star system of Taurus. Now, the star system of Taurus has about 1,000 different stars. And in these tablets, they are giving exact distances in light years from our solar system to some of the stars over there. For example, 85 light years, 200 light, uh, light years, 125 light years. First of all, how did they know that the Taurus star constellation has so many stars, that it is not just one star, because that is how it looks like on the night sky. It looks like one star, but this is a huge star constellation. How do they know those distances? and what they would be using those distances for. It is like when you go to the airport or bus station and you have distances between, for example, Houston and New Orleans, Houston and Minneapolis, Houston and LA, Houston and New York. So from the practical standpoint, this is something which is very useful. If you are to fly to New York, well, you need forever, four hours or two and a half hours. If you are going to be driven by bus, it takes six hours or 12 hours. So it's very practical information. Why would somebody in ancient Sumeria have such impractical information about the distances from our solar system to the star constellation? <laughs> so obviously it has nothing to do with the humans. It has something to do with somebody who was flying from this planet and this solar system to some other solar system. So, you know, when you take some of those tablets, you realize, wow, this is something really special. Or when it comes to the law, you know, we can see that the last cycle in Babylon, and this is what you were referring to, the last cycle, which started 5,000 years back, it started with the laws. It's very organized society. And ancient Greek civilization came only 2,800 years back. Ancient Rome, 2,000 years ago. Now you're talking about 5,000. It started with the political system, which is matched to what we have today. They had two dome parliament. What we have in the US, the Congress, is a two-dome Congress. In UK, two-dome Congress or Parliament. In France, the same thing. In little Bosnia, the same thing. So <laughs> you realize that somebody was giving them information, was giving them knowledge, how to organize themselves. And then all of a sudden, after a few hundred years, it seems that those smart ones were gone. Everything was going downhill. But then again, you know, from Sumeria, we have Babylon. Babylon, uh, you know, they took the primates, so they, they were developing their society. By the time when Alexander the Great, who came from uh, 
Macedonia, Alexander the Macedonian, not Greece, but Macedonia. His father, Philip II, was the Macedonian. His grandmother was Illyrian from the Balkan region, from the areas you know, where, where I live. So when he went to conquer the known world, he came to Babylon. And it was, it was not at the height, you know, of the rule and progress, but still very, very advanced with the beautiful temples, with the beautiful walls and so on. So uh, it was like less developed civilization is conquering more developed civilization. So in history, so many, you know, beautiful stuff around and uh, so many unanswered questions. Yeah. Yeah, this this is amazing. I I I could talk to you all day, but but uh, I I love I love I love uh, I love talking about history with you because I, I figured I would bring up Alexander the Great because I love talking about him because I'm part Greek and I I, I always love hearing about even though he's Macedonian, but you know they consider him Greek Macedonian. You know I'm American, so it doesn't really matter. You know, but I love talking about the history, and I'm I'm trying to think of what that one tablet was. I. I'll have to think about it and email you later. But the, the point is that this stuff is really interesting and amazing. And I, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. We've been going about an hour. But I, I want to thank you for doing this. This was amazing. And um, do you want to tell everybody where they can find your stuff again? Well, uh, my books, www.booksbydrsam.com or my official uh, website, samosmanagic.com samosmanagic o-s-m-a-n-a-g-i-c-h dot com and, uh, I, It was really nice to meet you and I, I thank you for answering all my questions and uh, I had a great time. Thanks a lot. All right. It was a pleasure. A, maybe someday I'll visit the, the, the Bosnian uh, pyramids. I'll, uh, if I do, I'll let you know beforehand. Night. Very good. Very good.